Hey guys, Tim Glom from Thinking Caps. In this week's episode, we bring John Siegel. John is the head of loyalty here at Cheetah Digital, and we talk about all kinds of things in context to this COVID crisis that we're in right now. Number one, is loyalty a nice to have? Is it a must have? Is it difficult to start, or do I have to go all in if I go loyalty? Uh, we also talk about how friction-free loyalty experiences are the best experiences. And also, if you have information on your customers, that can personalize the journey, which gets great results. So again, John Siegel breaks it all down. The full episode is not long this week, but you're going to love it. It's jam-packed about four or five topics. If you're at all thinking about loyalty or have a program and need some second opinion, want to know what other brands are doing right now, we give some examples. Hey guys, welcome back to Thinking Caps. I'm Tim Glom, joined with, as always, our CMO, Richard Jones. And today we have a great guest, our own Cheetah Digital's head of loyalty, John Siegel. And these are great times because we're all obviously safely working from home um, through the COVID crisis. This is the middle of April right now in 2020, but um, these are crazy times. And John, we're excited to have you to talk about loyalty. And I'm going to kick it right off. We're going to get right into this. And I want to know, because you're seeing all of this loyalty, you know, clients, what they need, what's going on, you know, what's happening right now? What's happening with people's projects, their priorities, like their plans? What are you seeing as a trend in loyalty right now? That's a great question. Uh, you know, the first, I think, few days of when this all happened, we, you know, we saw almost like a race by governors and mayors and others to close things down. And so from talking to clients, it was like shock, like no one predicted this could happen. So literally we were talking to people who they were thinking, how do we survive? How do we stay in business? And how do we keep our employees? And it was really an amazing, like two to three weeks of that, where people were so busy just trying to figure out how they're going to keep the lights on. That's all they were thinking about. And, and now, you know, I feel like in the last week in particular, it's like, I don't know if you've ever seen like an area of the hill that's burned from a fire. And then at some point, like the green shoots start to sprout up. Yeah. That's what this week has felt like for me. I, I talked to a client today who said 80% of their locations are open and they've figured out a way to re-engineer their business. And they've, they're, they're not making nearly as much as they were before, but they got enough going to, to keep things going. And so you know, I don't think we're all going to fully understand the impact of this for probably some time to come. And, and there's some businesses that unfortunately aren't going to make it through, but I feel like uh, we're starting to see the green shoots and the, and the optimism come back, which for me is, that's great to see. Yeah. And I, and I have to say, I think when you kind of, as we're all becoming, um, you know, very interested uh, epidemiologists at night and trying to figure out, you know, what's going on with the infection rate and the spread, it does seem that in a, a number of the markets we work in, that they're starting to approach the peak and bring things down on the other side and get some semblance of control uh, over the over the, the the spread of the virus. It seems like social distancing is working, and people are now talking about, you know, what happens next? How do we uh, actually when do things start opening up? How do we plan for recovery? And the question I've got for you really is, things aren't going to go back to normal. I think that's fair to say. It was roughly between 16 and 18 percent in most markets the amount of business that was done through uh, e-commerce versus you know physical retail um, you force the whole population to go online very quickly um, which is going to mean I think that we won't go back to normal there will be some shifts in behavior and what I want to ask you is really 
with the economy that we're going to enter into as we come out of lockdown uh, and where we are today with the kind of people's managing of the, the response, is loyalty more or less important as you look forward? I mean, that, there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, loyalty is, is far more important going forward because if you think of what happened, all of a sudden people who could walk into places and that was the way you could communicate with your customers they all of a sudden were limited to, to digital channels. And the people who had the strong connections, the strong relationships are at a huge advantage. In fact, I think we now have like a digital haves and have nots kind of environment. And those people who had made that, those investments uh, over the years were much better positioned to withstand what's happening. And, and clients that I'm talking to now um, you know, are thinking about how do we double down? Uh, how do we accelerate through this? And maybe they're not going to you know, because perhaps they don't have the revenue to support it. Maybe they're not going to do as big of a project, but they're thinking about how do we get more done quickly so that we could be better prepared if they weren't as prepared coming in. But at the same time, like, I, you know, I'm a little bit of a, maybe I'm going to row against the stream on this one, but you all of a sudden see whenever you have something like this happens, you see all these clickbait stories of, you know, the world's changed forever and we're, we're all going to be different and we're going to be wearing masks the rest of our lives and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, look, you know, for those of us who were in business around 9-11, I mean, we saw the same thing. Oh, no one's going to fly anymore. No one's going to travel. It's, you know, the world's too dangerous. And what, people have been traveling and flying more in the last year before COVID-19 happened than any time ever before. So things, the pendulum swings back. So I don't want to get too caught up in the, we're never going to see the same world we had before. Clearly there's changes, but the question is like, what's the magnitude? And I, Look, I'm hoping we're closer to normal than not. Let me put it that way. Yep. No, you make a good point there. I mean, we are creatures of habit, right? And, and we can say that, and you know, the, I love that you use quick because that's what it feels like. Um, but really, we're going to get back to normal when we can get back to normal. Old people want normalcy. That's what we want. Uh, but it is cool to see brands, uh, you know, coming through this on, on the good side. And you just, you just said something about your clients and the ones that have doubled down are going to triple down on their efforts. We just published a case study with uh, Pure Archery Group where they started a digital strategy and, and audience development strategy three years ago. And it's the number one thing that's getting them through it. And much like we've seen some of our other clients, I'm hoping you can share and, and some advice, um, start to take loyalty into new territories. So for example, Pure Archery Group took their their largest loyalists from their near million consumer database and invited them to one-on-one -on -one appointments in local independent dealerships across the nation, North America. Great use of their database, right? And also an, an amazing way to say, hey, we can understand who our loyal customers are. We're going to make the ask and the, the opportunity for them first. Then everyone else it will filter down to, but let's take care of our best customers first because we know our, our top customers are where, you know, 50, 80, potentially 80% of revenue can come from. What examples do you have or what advice do you have for brands right now that might be thinking about starting a loyalty program or they're in it, but you know, is this time to double down? What advice and what examples do you have to point to for them? Clearly, I mean, it depends on where you are on the spectrum of, of, your, of your loyalty initiative or your digital transformation. So we have clients who have been investing for you know, a couple of years and building out their digital capabilities, Say in the restaurant business, that could mean supporting uh, delivery in in more efficient ways, or you know, curbside pickup. And and when this hit, um, you know, that was a channel that all of a sudden 
could take off. In fact, I had one client who shared with me the other day that the surge in delivery or curbside pickup, they looked at the people who were ordering and the majority of the people who were ordering were their most loyal customers who had never ordered digitally or or had gone through curbside pickup before. So it just it was a great data point to say, look, these are the people that they built that strong connection with. And where did those people go when they wanted to get food? They went back to their favorite places and tried. And they weren't going through like third-party delivery sites. They were going to their website and directly to them. And so I think that's a great example of um you know, if you've made the investment, now it's like, how do we make the most of it? And maybe there's some triaging that takes place or some operational things that people have to do because, you know, now you're not, you know, you're not dealing with waiters and serving people inside your restaurant. And a lot of, if you, I don't know if you've been to any places to like pick up food. I did this a couple of weeks ago. I went into a place and the whole place was like, you know, there's tape on the floor and you have to stand in a certain place, but it was all optimized for curbside pickup and takeout. And that's what they needed to do for the time. So I think there's a lot of figuring those things out for the next, you know, few weeks or months until places start to open up. Um, and then for those people who maybe were earlier on in their journey, I have a client who just had kicked their project off. Um, they reoriented their priorities to say, well, what's going to give us the biggest impact in the world today than perhaps the world, you know, two months ago? And this answer may be slightly different or different for each brand. Uh, so it really, it's, it's going to be a very you know, company specific thing, but I also like some of the cause-based things that we're seeing people do, uh, brands like, uh, Vans has this really cool program where they're actually picking small businesses in different communities, you know, restaurants or, you know, music oriented brands, and they're letting those, um, businesses create Vans custom shoes with their brand on it. And then the proceeds from the sale of those shoes, they're making like 500 per brand, go to that small or medium-sized business. It's just a great integration of a cool thing that Vans has in terms of a capability, helping a local business, and then that business showing off, you know, what they're doing. It just, to me, that's one of those things that's just, wow, why didn't I think of that? That's just a great idea. It is a great idea. And actually, that's close to home for me. There's a skateboard shop here that I'm very close to with the owners that are a benefit of that. In fact, um, one of the artists in the series, I have his art hanging, not in here, but in my home. So that, that is another, that is another good one. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we, we, uh, just last week, we actually donated to, uh, one of our customers and pizza that has a hero pies initiative, which is a great initiative where they were basically getting people to, um, donate, um, getting, uh, corporate sponsors, et cetera, as well to, to participate, uh, so that they could actually redirect their efforts to deliver, pies to frontline workers um, that are, you know, in the thick of it right now. And that, that's a, a great example of what we see uh, you know, from across our client base. And there's lots and lots of folks doing some really good stuff. Great. It's a great program. And they, I think they actually converted their restaurants into what they called hero kitchens. And those, those uh, locations were making, you know, the, the pizzas solely for, or primarily for getting them out to the frontline healthcare workers. It was just a, a great program. And it was uh, uh, I know we were part of you know that program and, and helping support some of that, and I think it's a it's a great concept. So one of the things that that uh, you know I, th I find kind of interesting as we as we look to think about all right, you know, how do we start to accelerate um, out of this? What does recovery look like? Um, and you know, where does loyalty sort of sit in the order of priorities that um, senior marketers might have when they're kind of planning? where to make their bets to, to make the best possible 
uh, recovery they can. Um, one of the things that we we published uh, in the last couple of weeks was um, research that we commissioned with eConsultancy, um, which is on our website for folks who want to go and uh, look at it. It's on the resources section. You could download the whole report for free. Um, we found that in many markets, um, the majority of markets actually, um, essentially about a third of people that responded, and it was a six market, uh, six country um, uh, piece of research, basically said that they were, were only not loyal to a brand because the brand had never actually asked them to or provided any kind of mechanism for them to be rewarded for that loyalty, which we found, because it was across so many markets, just a staggering example of the dollars that are being left on the table by not really encouraging loyalty and advocacy from, from our customer base. And at the same time, in the same research, you know, I, I, I do fear that quite a lot of marketers, as they come out of this and the budget starts to get sort of freed up, they're going to double down on like, right, it's all about advertising, Facebook, Google, let's, you know, massively turn the taps on. And, you know, that's what we need to do to reinvigorate uh, growth. And of course, there's a place for advertising. But in the same research, we saw that, um, you know, roughly uh, 40% of consumers were actually physically turned off a brand because of personalized advertising. So COVID-19 and the crisis didn't happen in a vacuum. It happened in a, an environment where attitudes to privacy, to tracking cookies um, were really um, coming to the fore in the consumer base. And, you know, we, we know that um, in the majority of people that we surveyed had all taken steps to stop tracking and all the rest of it. Um, and yet I fear that most brands are going to be really turning on advertising, turning on personalized advertising, whilst not actually putting in place the loyalty programs that we know is leaving dollars on the, on the, on the table. So, I, I, you know, I, I think that is an interesting perspective from the research. But I've also heard you say that actually quite a lot of companies that think they've got loyalty programs have programs that don't actually um, engender loyalty. So if you are thinking about putting in a loyalty program and not leaving those dollars on the table and you're cognizant of what personalized ads can do and how it's received by consumers. Tell us a little bit about that. Why, why do you think some customers are putting in loyalty programs that don't engender loyalty and what's your advice? Before I go there, let me just go back to some of the research. I thought the other interesting points in the research were, I think the two groups that were least trusted with data were the social or the tech companies and government. Yeah, and it's really Two. weird because both of those groups have got such brilliant records. <laughs> everyone's, everyone's asking for like, you know, free handouts from the government during this crisis, but they don't trust them with their personal information. <laughs> um, so, but it is really fascinating. And, and so I think it says that there's a, there's a disconnect between consumer attitudes and maybe the general thesis that marketers have around what they should go do. Um, but I, you know, I go back to, you know, this idea that I've had for a while that I think a lot of times companies think they need to go do something. We need to go put in a CRM system. We need to go put in an email system. We need to go put in a loyalty system. And in many cases, they, they like check the box and they just say, Oh, we've done that. But they don't really think about how do we do it in a way that gives our business competitive advantage. And so there's a raft of loyalty programs out there where people just put these things in and all they really are are engines that count how much you spent 
and they spit out coupons at the other end and they treat everybody the same. And you don't achieve competitive advantage by doing that. And so what we're helping customers do today is to really think about what's unique about your brand and how can you create a unique experience for your customers that is surfaced through your loyalty program that actually treats people special. I'm not, especially now, like I long for the time we could actually walk into a place that you did business with frequently. And the person, you know, who's across the counter, you know, they knew you and they knew what you liked. And it was this, you know, very personal experience. Can't wait for that time to come back again. But in the digital channels, like we can create some of that by at least starting to know who people are and, and capturing in an appropriate way signals about what they like and their preferences and their passions, and then use that to create a, a better experience. And it's that better experience that creates loyalty and customers appreciate that. And if you're a brand doing that, you're achieving competitive advantage. If you're just doing the, hey, I got a loyalty program and I'm kicking out coupons every $100, that's not loyalty. And, and it's probably not even profitable for, for those businesses. And so there's a huge effort underway, I think, across companies to rethink what they did in the past and put in what I just described. Now, you, you, you know, it's funny. I see that left and right right now. You can see the brands that are in panic mode by discounting heavily, right? And all of a sudden, they're going to be the discount brand, um, which a lot of brands never want to be, but they're in that, that mode. But look, um, there's a great article in the Harvard Business Review that was brought back to me by a colleague, uh, refreshed. It was 2009 by uh, John Quelch. That talked about, you know, you can't basically, you can't cut your way to the top in marketing, you know, in times like this, whether it was 2008, whether it was 9-11, et cetera, you know, cutting your way to the top in marketing is, is not the way to do it. You need a scalpel, not a, not a blunt instrument to just lop off an arm to save some dollars. With that said, you know, cost conscious, everyone's going to be cost conscious. How does a brand that's not, that doesn't have a loyalty program um, right now, how do they get started? Is this is it an all in or, you know, can they start slowly? Where can they start? Because to your point, lopping off rewards and a hundred dollars here and a hundred dollars there, that's discount, that's rewards. That's not loyalty. It's not emotional. That's for sure. How can a brand start? This is another area where we've seen a huge shift over the last 12 to 18 months where, you know, in the past you'd have these uh, loyalty programs that were supported by these very monolithic companies and, and programs, and it would take you know, 18 months and millions of dollars to you know, bring them to life. And, and you know, that was what was done years ago. And, and I think one of the things that we've thought about quite a bit is how do we create something that can be implemented more quickly in a more nimble fashion? And in particular, in today's environment, you don't have to do everything out of the gate. Uh, so there's an element of, of, you know, can we get some quick wins? Can we hit some singles? We don't have to always hit a home run, you know? We can hit some singles and that scores runs too. So why not, why not at, at this time where people may not have the big budget or they're, or they're ramping out of you know, a, a revenue period where it's 50% of what they had before, um, you know, let's think about what are some things we can do in six weeks, eight weeks, and, and that deliver results. And maybe we set up a, a, a sprint of you know, five, six, seven of those kinds of things. And then going into 2021, now all of a sudden we have all this capability. And I think you know, having a, a partner who can help you do that is, is key. And that's something we've focused on quite a bit, being able to deliver that way. 
you know, one, one of the things that, that we talk about quite a lot is, in, you know, loyalty programs needing to sort of foster this emotional loyalty, you know, not be points for, for purchases, as, as we've discussed, and do the, the surprise and the delight and the experiences and the challenges and the rest of it that, that fosters that advocacy and brings consumers closer to, to, to brands. But I think as, as people are thinking about recovery, obviously, there's going to be a big onus on, you know, can we get people to, to spend again in whatever um, segment uh, that, that customer is thinking about? Um, and one of the things that, sub, sub, you know, really surprised us a little bit in terms of the, um, you know, how, how, what a clear message it was, was consumers really came forward in the e-consultancy research saying, you know, we, we want offers and we want those offers from brands by email, not as social posts and not as digital ads, so, which is great, you know, for companies like Cheetah Digital because we're all about building the database and, you know, personal messages and uh, personalized messages and offers and the rest of it via email as well as other channels. But email is obviously a big, a big focus for us. Um, but in loyalty, you know, there are many different ways that we can, as a, uh, as a technology, deliver offers out to, to folks. So really, I just wanted you to sort of comment on, as people are thinking about accelerating their recovery, you know, how do you recommend they set up loyalty programs to deliver offers, to drive sales, to accelerate recovery? Right. I think there's two things that I would encourage people to think about. One is the offers that you're delivering delivering to your members being personalized and relevant based upon what you know about them. Because the offers that I want are you know, probably different than what Tim wants or perhaps what you want. And so- Oh, I'm they're going to be very different from what Tim wants. <laughs> you know, very different. <laughs> so- you know, a lot of brands are still in this mode of they're just putting up the same offers for everybody. And, and so that's the first thing. I would, how do we use what we know about our customers, their passions, their preferences to give them offers that they're most likely to act upon? And we have a client where, you know, we're helping them do that each week, figuring out out of a you know pool of, you know, thousands of offers, you know, what are the 10 most relevant for each and any individual customer based upon what we know about them so that they convert, which is what the brand wants, right? And the customer wants stuff that's relevant, right? I don't have babies anymore. Don't show me ads for or offers for, for diapers, right? That is a, that's an obvious one. The second thing I would do is think about how do we take all the friction out of the process of being able to take advantage of whatever offers and promotions you're making available to me? Don't make me print something out and have to walk in and have some 16-digit code that someone has to type into the register or someone has to perhaps even scan. We have a lot of clients where if the, if the offers are available for the member, they just need to go in and identify themselves and the offers are immediately eligible and provided to the point of sale. It's you know, completely frictionless. And, and that to me is a much better experience. And so if we take the stigma out of having to like hand the pieces of paper and the friction, we're going to get more people taking advantage of it. And to me, that's a, like, I would ra much rather do that than don't give me extra work. I got enough to do. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good point. You know what? This really sums it up and, and look, not to toot our own horn, but you just mentioned that triggering, uh, you know, or providing unique personalized offers really comes from the data you know about somebody, which Richard and I are, are obviously huge advocates for, of turn people from unknown consumer into a known consumer, get them into a database, a CDP, you know, and, um, that, that you can actually, you know, trigger orchestration on and loyalty is part of that as well as messaging and everything else. Um, and it's nice to know from guys like you that it, it's not a box, right? Loyalty isn't a product that you take out and say, great, here, slap your label on this, give us your logo, give us your SKUs, and you've got a loyalty platform. Um, it's much more intricate than that. It can be customized. It can, you know, 
to your point, could be started smaller and grow as you need. Um, it's got to be bespoke. You know, it's got to be bespoke. You've got the same loyalty program as the uh, your competitors down the road. You know, where's the the differential? And yep. I think that's something that that John and the the loyalty team have been pioneering. And, and the tech is extremely flexible to set up these very bespoke uh, loyalty programs. So, John, the uh, the economy needs you coming yep. out of this recovery. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Yeah, this this has been great. You know what, though, I do want to close with a, with with a mention here. Um, I live in Denver. I'm a Broncos fan. He brought a Raiders hat to a Broncos hosted podcast. Um, I don't know if we want to dig into that right now. I think we do. I think I think we do. First of all, I don't have a cool hipster hat like the two of you. So that's one thing. But two, there's actually some symbolism with this hat, which is I don't know if you guys have seen the new stadium that they built for the Raiders in Las Vegas. It's awesome. Oh, it's pretty. And let me just say that stadium is going to be filled with people to watch football. Every stadium is going to be filled with people to watch football in the fall because we're all going to be back to living some level of normalcy in just a matter of, you know, hopefully weeks and certainly months. So that was the symbolism from my perspective with this hat. Okay. I'll respect that. Although um, offline, and we do have a common love of John Gruden, uh, but uh, offline, we might have to play some wagers on this upcoming season and see what happens. You're on. You heard it here first. I just learned, I learned a lot today, John, we're going to have you back for sure. I also learned I need to get you a real hat for Christmas. I'll put that on my Christmas list here. And we will follow up. Hey, this has been great. We appreciate it. And uh, by the way, everybody who's watching and listening, you can get that report that we mentioned in here. It's six countries, a full global study report. There's over 30 plus points per country. Um, it's really intuitive. crosses privacy, messaging, email, advertising, uh, data security, loyalty, it's you know, et cetera, et cetera. So you can get that at cheaterdigital.com and we'll have links here on the blog page if you're watching our website. Hey guys, thanks for staying safe. Wash your hands. Everybody stay healthy and we'll talk again soon. 